This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Hey, hey, listeners, thank you for tuning into another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. And today I have another client and friend to share a conversation with about her personal journey, her journey through weight loss from within. And I'm really excited to share her with you. And I know she's super nervous. So please welcome Brenda, Brenda Ison, who actually, I'm fortunate because you're local. So we get to spend... Uh, some quality time together every now and then, which is That's right. such a such a treat. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to kind of start at the beginning because we had known each other, but we didn't really know each other. That's right. So I thought I would start at the beginning with how you actually first connected with me when you reached out, what was going on in your life and kind of the journey that that's taken us on. Sure. So I think it's been about three years since we've started working together, um, I guess unofficially. Uh, In 2017, I was pregnant with what I thought was going to be my third baby. But unfortunately, in May, we found out that we had lost her and I was 19 weeks pregnant. Mm -hmm. I heard the heartbeat at 15 weeks. And we had gone for our 19-week appointment, and they couldn't find the heartbeat anymore. So we had to go through all the process of the ultrasound and everything, and they concluded that um, she probably passed away between 16 and 17 weeks. Um, So immediately from there, I just reached out for support through my counselor, friends, women that had gone through it through a similar loss and just kind of went into survival mode with my kids and my husband because it wasn't just about my grief it was also about my children's grief because we had two other boys at the time they were five and three Uh, my three-year-old didn't quite fully understand but my older son did and so it was quite a process for us uh, for quite some time Um, But as time passed, the days kind of got better. I wasn't crying every day. I was able to talk to people without bursting into tears. And I kind of felt like I was not coming out of it, but I felt lighter. But there was one aspect that was a constant reminder for me, and it was the weight that I had gained through that pregnancy that I just couldn't let go of. It was just constantly there. It didn't matter how I ate, how much exercise I did. It was just there. And I remember I was on just scrolling Facebook one day and you had posted a video about emotional weight. And 
in that video, you had mentioned something along the lines of when your body goes through a trauma, your weight can be attached to that trauma. And it completely resonated with me because that's exactly what I had been experiencing. With my other two pregnancies with my boys, once I had given birth, the weight, I was able to release the weight quite quickly. I was quite active and, and my diet was healthy. But with this one, it really didn't matter what I had done. And I hadn't even gained a full pregnancy um, weight. And so it was, I was frustrated for sure. But after listening to your video, I reached out to you just to thank you for posting it because it, it gave me a different perspective of myself and it gave me the concept of being more compassionate and empathetic with my body because it had really only been about two months since I had lost her and I was just wanting things to move faster and they weren't. And um, you had responded with these beautiful messages that I actually still to this day read from time to time because what you had said in those messages I understood but now going through all this personal development this transformation that I've gone through these last three years I really understand what you meant and it didn't only apply to the loss of my baby and the grieving it's applied to so many different aspects of my life and um in your messages, you had asked me to write a letter to my baby, which I did. And I've written multiple letters to her since then. And it got me to a place where I felt comfortable enough to try again for a baby because we knew we wanted to try again at some point. We didn't know when that point was, but through those letters and just messaging with you I did get to that place and we did and we had our baby girl almost two years ago now her birthday's next week her second birthday so I can't believe that I can't believe she's I know. almost two I know where it's this crazy. journey took you so you know what you said was really important and I want to make sure that all the listeners really hear that is our bodies hold so much wisdom and our bodies, like we literally embody our emotions. And what many women don't realize is they're trying to force the weight to come off of them. Yes. And the weight is holding on to a message and the weight is holding on to emotion that hasn't been processed. So we start working against our body when it's really just asking us to slow down, tune yes. in, pay attention to what's going on. And your weight really represented this grief that you didn't want to give yourself over to because yeah. well, grief just sucks. Like, yes. it's, you know, who wants to, who wants to feel grief? Who wants to be with that? And so many of us, we go through these experiences and we just want to be done. Like we, yes, we want to exactly. be done with it. We want to move yep. on. Um, and even with what's going on in the world right now with COVID, what a lot of people don't understand is it's trauma. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're feeling trauma in their body. And, you know, some of my clients are now going through their second wave of being put into quarantine and it's even right. harder the second time around. So that was really eye opening for you to see that your body wasn't trying to work against you. 
Yes, and this that's is right. what a lot of women get into. They they literally feel like their body is separate from them. And why can't it just cooperate? Why can't it just do yeah. what they want it to do instead of understanding that their body really holds all the answers and the wisdom? And if your body isn't releasing weight, it's not trying to piss you off. It's trying to get you to pay attention to the bigger message. Yes, for sure. Yes, because for, for me as well, like going through my pregnancy with Bailey, that's my daughter, and after giving birth and everything, I, I didn't feel like I was fully over my grief, but I felt I, I thought I was further along than I was. And it was very apparent to me when I did lose all my pregnancy weight from her, but the number stopped at exactly the same weight I was at when I lost Ava. That was the baby that we had lost. And again, I hit the same wall of not being able to release that weight. And it was just a constant reminder that there's still something there. And that's actually when I enrolled for your program, Weight Loss From Within. And I've done your program twice now. And the first round really helped me go deep and release that grief. And really, you really helped me walk through it because, oh, here come the tears. <laughs> um, because I don't think I would have, I would have had the courage to go through it on my own. You make me cry too. <laughs> it's really hard to do those deep dives. Yeah. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, God, I hope I can deal with my crap today. Right. Um, and that's the hardest part of the work I do is holding that space for people to be present to the things that they don't want to be present with. And you know, weight loss from within, when I developed that program, it was such a, it was such a labor of love because it, you know, for so many years I was supporting women around their relationship with food and changing how they're eating. And then through all my life experiences and wake up calls to really recognize, wow, it's never, it's never about the food, you know? Right. So yes, what we put in our bodies and how we move our bodies matter, but for more for the majority of women, it's the beliefs and the stories that they are holding about their bodies and the beliefs and stories yes. that they're holding about food. And this program really offers an opportunity to look at a relationship that most people have never considered. Like they don't, we don't think about I'm having a relationship with my body. It's no. just our body. And for yep. most of the women I work with, it's like, the body isn't even an afterthought because most of the time they're not liking it. It's not cooperating. So I think it's really powerful that you went through it and were able to dig deeper into um, that grief and really let that go. Now yeah. you went back through and did it a second time, which is I did pretty common because people think, well, why would you do it again? But once you yeah. shed one layer, you yeah, ask so questions many. in a different way. Um, what happened for you the second time around? The second time it, it was almost like the first time was just opening the cap of the bottle. And the second time around, it really, I really could see how my behaviors and the way I perceived myself was affecting almost all the relationships that I had. I had the, the victim mentality that I think a lot of your, your clients have spoken about too. And 
going through the questions and digging deep and allowing myself to go deeper than I did the first time really dug out those old stories and the beliefs that I've carried around with me since childhood. Um, I, yeah, it was, it was quite eye-opening the second time around. So let's talk a little bit about this victim mentality. Cause when people hear mm-hmm. like victim mentality, the first thing that that people say is, well, I'm not a victim. And I have people say right. this to me all the time. I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. Look at all the things I've yep. gone through, Yep. which is part of what pulls us into this victim mentality. So can you describe from your perspective what having a victim mentality means? So it's basically for me, it was about blaming everybody else. It was, I, I never took responsibility for things. If we were late for things, it was my husband's fault. If you know my husband, <laughs> he works on a different time schedule. Um, but just even our house, right? Like there's stuff everywhere. I always felt, oh, it's always on me. It's me. I have to clean it up. I'm the one that has to keep things going. If I'm not doing it, nobody will. And it wasn't, I was never taking responsibility for what I was doing in the relationship or in my house or anything. It was always about somebody else doing things to make my life harder, basically. What, and what did you get out of blaming others and holding on to that martyrdom story? What did that allow you to do? Well, it just let me continue to suffer. I was just addicted to that suffering and oh, poor me. And that story of, well, this is just how it is. And it, it got me nowhere. I just kept spinning my wheels. I would get more resentful when things weren't going the way I thought they needed to go. Uh, I would just kind of sink deeper into my control and my perfectionism. And the deeper I got into that, the worse my relationships would become as well with my husband and with my mom too and everything. And going through the questions, it just, it was like a switch. You know, if I can just take responsibility, it's not their problem. (laughs) You know, it's, I, I, a big thing for me was always, I never have time for myself and because A, B, and C, I'm responsible for this. I have to take the kids here, but it was up to me to make the time and the space. It wasn't Mm -hmm. up to my husband. My kids were little. They couldn't just say, oh, you need time. I'll just go over here, you know, so. So there's a, there's a bigger picture here, right? Because nobody wants to be committed to their suffering yet. So many of us are, Mm -hmm. what we don't understand is that that suffering allows us to stay in this place of not really having to take responsibility for taking care of ourselves because most women haven't been raised that it's okay to put ourselves first and take care Mm -hmm. of ourselves. We feel very uncomfortable with that or um, like, who am I to take care of myself? Or that would make me selfish. Yes. And that's not the way women are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be nurturing and giving and we can't put ourselves first. So it just keeps looping back around into this place of I don't have time for myself, but being then so committed to being in this martyrdom place. And really what it is, you know, especially when you're blaming other people, it's putting an expectation on them to make you feel better instead of being fully responsible for making you feel better, like you being the person driving the bus. That's right. Yeah. And I, and that's really what was modeled to me 
when I was growing up, my parents divorced when I was little and we lived with my mom the whole time. Um, and she, I remember her saying, you are my entire world. You and your sister mm-hmm. are my entire world. And no she, yeah, right. So everything that she did was for us. And I remember her making comments about certain parents or whatever, if they weren't at events, you know, almost judging them. Well, why aren't they here for their children? And so when I became a mom, that was the expectation I had for myself, because that's what I thought a mom needed to be, was to just sacrifice your whole self for your children. And if you didn't, that meant that you didn't love them enough or Mm -hmm. that you weren't a good mom, or that I would, I I felt like I would be judged by my my own mom if she saw me taking time for myself. So I, yeah, the first couple of years of being a mom were were pretty hairy. (laughs) You know, it's so interesting what you just said there. There was so much in that. And as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, when women are struggling with their weight, it's because I believe our bodies are a reflection of how we think and feel about ourselves from the inside. And when we're not taking care of our bodies and our bodies reflect that, it's almost like the, how do I want to put this? It's almost like how we show other people that we're taking care of everybody else and not taking care of ourselves. Does that make sense? Like, because women really like, this is one of the things that I have to unravel with people is stop commiserating with other women about your bodies because women literally come together to commiserate and focus on what they don't want, but it gives them that sense of belonging. I don't have time for myself. I want to lose weight. I don't feel good in my skin, you know, whining about their thighs or whatever it may be. And that actually brings this place of belonging. And when you fully step into that, it's not, about your weight and it's about stepping into being responsible for taking care of yourself, you become kind of, I mean, I'm recruiting more and more women like this, but you almost become like the black sheep, so to speak, Mm -hmm. of being that woman who is, who's become the person who makes herself a priority, puts caring for herself first, makes caring for her body a priority so that she actually has more to give. Like you have more to give to your family and you're kinder. Yes, <laughs> you're a very kind kinder. person, <laughs> but you are much kinder to your family now that you've yep. stepped into this role. Yep. Yep. And the thing is like, it's not an overnight thing. It's just a constant thing that I have to be working on daily, especially with these last four months of COVID where all of the anxiety and everything can just throw me back into my old behaviors and habits. So it's the difference is though, once you know it, you can't unknow it. So I can see myself getting into these behaviors and these patterns, but I'm aware of it now. So I can take a step back and say, okay, what do I need to do right now to not continue this pattern? Mm, I love that. So that's, that's part of the program is the questions bring that level of awareness and then the practice, you know, you have to practice embodying, exactly. like taking that awareness because the awareness doesn't do anything but make you aware. You actually have exactly. to practice and change things. I'm curious to know if you remember any specific question or any specific day that really hit you harder than some of the others. I think for me, it really had to do with 
the stories that I carried about my how I how I perceived myself and my self-image because I can't remember which day it was but one of the questions had to do with um yeah just how you perceive yourself and I remember writing about how as a child I always felt like a big kid (laughs) and I'm not a big person I know this now but you are not a big person (laughs) I know but growing up my sister was only 4'10 my mom was only 5'1 I'm a big old 5'1 and a half so Mm -hmm. I was the biggest person in my family and compared to my sister I was I was larger than her um, but not not compared to other kids my age but that was just the perception I had of myself as being the big, bigger child. And so I've never actually felt small physically. And I would, I would have friends that would tell me, oh, you're so tiny and everything. I never believed them because I just felt like I was a bigger person. And going through those stories and realizing just given my height and my weight and everything. No, I am not a huge person. I'm not the person that I pictured myself growing up. And that for me was such an eye-opening experience because living all these years with that idea in my head has made, has, has, yeah, it just made things such a different, I could see myself in such a different light after going through that question so profound because I've said over and over again, what we tell ourselves is what we see in the mirror. Mm -hmm. What we tell ourselves is what we see in the mirror. And, you know, you already know this. And if anybody's been tuning in for a while, they know that I'm currently in a a build, right? I'm in my off season. I'm trying to put on lean mass and it's not easy for a woman in her late forties. Um, And now more than ever, I'm really having to live into my work because let me tell you, when the scale is going down, it's a hell of a lot easier to be giving yourself high fives when you're getting all the cuts. But when your weight, you know, I'm watching my weight go up every week. And the, the hardest part of this is making sure that I keep my head screwed on straight and I'm looking in the mirror saying, you look amazing. Right. Amazing. Lisa, just keep going. Just keep going. Don't make this mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. And really seeing what stories are coming up for me around mm-hmm. like what specific numbers, because I've, I've hit this place where I've hit that number that I've never really allowed myself to go over. So I always talk to my clients about like, have a range, stay within right. that range, right? Like right. know your kind of red lines. Um, so I've got to the top end of that range. And it's like, okay, we're going to go over it. And we're going over this intentionally, Lisa. Right. And yeah. really seeing what stories come up for me. And like I said, it's whatever I tell myself is what I'm going to see in the mirror. Exactly. So it's taking full responsibility for our thoughts and remembering that our feelings aren't facts. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes. when you say, I feel, I feel fat. Well, that's not a fact. I feel big. That's actually not a fact. Right. Right. You, I remember when you had posted that in the group and I was like, <laughs> what? Because I, you know, like I said, I have the luxury of knowing you in person. I'm right. like, you're like a tiny little thing. You have a beautiful figure. Like I've always thought you had this beautiful little figure. And so to see you write that 
And I'm standing over here and I'm like, what lens are you looking through, woman? <laughs> and I think that that's part of the power of the group is even not, you know, not everybody obviously knows each other. But when you start seeing people's stories laid out on the wall and then going like, how could you think that about yourself? Exactly. Right? You see people's inner mean girl come out right. and you start to say, well, if it's not okay for her to say that about herself, why am I making it okay to say that about myself? Yeah. And, how and it's almost to tolerate it. Yeah. And when you see somebody else talking about themselves that way, and you see yourself talking about yourself that way, for me, it's almost like I'm so ridiculous because we're doing the same thing. And I can see like for you, how you felt when you said, I'm so tiny. If I Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. But it just, it reflects back to how silly it is of having those perceptions when they're really not true. Yeah, they're not true. And so yeah. often, like, the, what this program was about was getting people to actually slow down enough and reflect on their stories because mm -hmm. we don't even realize the stories that we're operating from because they're so they're, yes they're playing in the background on repeat so if you hadn't have slowed down and answered that question you wouldn't have known that that was part of what was driving your thoughts so you've gone through weight loss from within twice now you'll be in there a third round um i'm curious to know so where are you now with your body how do you feel about it uh, you know, weight loss from within isn't really about losing physical weight. That is a side effect for people yes, when they go through sure. it, but it's, it's actually not the focus of the program. It's about clearing all the emotional stuff so that yep. you can just do the things you need to do in order to create transformation. There's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight. Right. It's when it's coming from a place of punishment, forcing your body, yep. not good enough, all yep. of that, where you're going to stay on the, the roller coaster. So where are you at now? I am at a place of acceptance and I can look at myself and fully appreciate what my body has gone through these, especially these last eight years of being pregnant. Um, I had another miscarriage between the boys. So I was pregnant five times in the last eight years. Um, and obviously that takes a toll on your body and yes, the list of parts of my body that will never be the same has grown, but I can embrace it now. Whereas before the list would get longer and I would just, every time something I added something to the list, it was like, oh, well, there it goes. But now I can fully embrace it and know and appreciate what my body has done. It has mm -hmm. grown three perfectly healthy children. It's allowed me to still be very active. I can go hiking with my kids. We go bike on bike rides. Um, and I never was able to appreciate it this much before your program. I never realized how much I was abusing it, not just with what I was eating, but what I was saying to it. And it was as if my body just was never good enough for where I thought it needed to be. And I remember, I think it was in one of your questions, you had worded it as if, would you ever speak to a friend that way? Or for me, would I ever put that on one of my children? Mm. And the answer was 
not in a million years. So for me, that's, that was, again, one of the million takeaways that I've taken from your program is just the appreciation that I now have of my body with every stretch mark, with every wrinkle, with every, everything that has come up until this point. So I love that. I'm hearing you say that you actually have found a level of self-love mm-hmm. and self-worth, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. That's what this work is about, is about cultivating that deep sense of self-worth and self-love, appreciation and gratitude for your body so that you can partner with it instead of constantly feeling like you're in a fight with it. Exactly. Um, yep. And also so powerful for you now to be modeling a different way to your children and especially to your daughter because so mm-hmm. often you know as women we're trying to hide from our kids how we're actually feeling right. about ourselves not realizing that our kids really intuitively pick up on a lot of our signals oh, for sure yeah so really having different language to even approach you know your kids in the coming years as they get older about mm-hmm. how they feel about themselves and the stories other people are giving them and listening to your kids' stories through a different lens instead of just saying, oh, that's, you know, that's not true, but actually having right. a conversation with them about exactly. it. Exactly. I actually just had a conversation with my oldest, Noah, who you know is on a different level sometimes yes. um, with his energy and sensitivity. Um, but he was constantly wearing pants. And even as the weather was getting hotter, he was still in sweatpants. And I was like, why don't you want to wear shorts? And he looked at me and said, because my legs are too skinny, mommy. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I had to think about it for a moment. But then I said, okay, well, but what do your legs do for you? And within an instant, he was able to list off all these amazing things that his legs allow him to do. And so at night, we have our thank you prayers. So we just go through our day and thank God for everything that we've done, all the people we love. And then at the end, we say what we're grateful for. Um, And this one I got from you too, was one thing that we're proud of ourselves for doing during the day, one thing that we can try better for tomorrow. And then because of this conversation I had with Noah, I added, um, what do we love about ourselves from the inside? And then what body parts do we love and appreciate about ourselves? And then we also throw in what we love about our brother and sister, mom and dad. Um, But the part about loving ourselves was interesting because the boys didn't really understand what I meant by that and at the beginning. So then I would give them examples and everything. And now when we get to that part, they can list things off very quickly because it's just they know these parts of themselves, not just inside, but out. And then I realized, though, I wasn't joining in on that part. Mm. And so when I clued in, I said, oh, I need to start doing this, too, because it's part of that practice of constantly doing it every day. It's not just something I do once and then I'm cured. Right? So doing that every day has helped a lot for all of us. And Noah mm. now, thankfully, wears shorts in the hot weather. So Sometimes it's a really good question to ask when our kids say something is, you know, what makes you believe that? 
or what makes mm-hmm. you say that and just giving them the opportunity to articulate where it came from because we right. this is the thing we pick up these stories about ourselves and our our bodies and our body image at such a young age and they can be so arbitrary where they come from and they literally shape what we wear <laughs> how we wear. I mean, I have my whole story about my forehead, how I wear my hair, (laughs) uh, things I will and won't wear on my body. And we don't even realize it's coming from a story that we picked up when we were eight, six. You know, it's it's really, really crazy. So I love that you end your day that way as well. Um, We're always kind of changing it up with the questions and sometimes it stumps Jake a little bit too. It's so cool to hear him list off the things that he loves and appreciates about himself. Mm And just, yeah. um, oh, I'm so glad Noah's wearing shorts. I know. Me makes too. Me, <laughs> makes me wonder if I need to ask Jake because he's been wearing pants a lot lately too. I'm like, what's, why is it pants? I, I just want to wear pants, mom. And sometimes, <laughs> just let, sometimes I know. we just, you know, if you saw my mm-hmm. Instagram story, he right. to cut his hair this week. I saw that. It, it looked like, pretty good. It looked good at the end result. I got in there afterwards and cleaned it up. <laughs> he was just like hacking away, but whatever, Uh, at least it kind of got cut. So on that note, um, I want to just thank you for taking time out of your day, organizing your husband and your kids so you could have some quiet time. I hope you told him the interview was going to be about four hours. (laughs) He's he's taken them the entire day. (gasps) He said, I'll bring them back at dinner. I said, I love you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What do you do with your day? I don't know. I don't know yet. I I think I might just sit here in the quiet house for just a few hours. (laughs) Enjoy. No cleaning, no no nothing. Just I know. I've just, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. But I, I really want to thank you for taking this time for sharing your story. I know it's not, I know it still can hit you right in the heart mm-hmm. when you talk about the, the baby girl you lost. And uh, I know that your story is going to impact a lot of people listening because, you know, we, we like to believe that our lives are so unique. Mm-hmm. And the more I talk to people and the more I put myself out into the world, we all cross over so often in our stories and the more we talk about them and share them, we give other people the opportunity to see that they're not alone and that maybe the thing that they're struggling with, maybe they're not looking in the right Right. direction. They think this is the problem and actually what's happening for them is somewhere they didn't even think to look. So I know this episode is going to impact a lot of people. So I just, I thank you so much for coming on and I can't wait to see you in real life and I can't wait I to like hug you because I know we can hug again here <laughs> in this part of Canada mm-hmm. um so thank you so much Brenda thank you for having me If you're like most of my clients the only time your body gets your attention is when you're trying to lose weight or you're criticizing it. You probably struggle daily with how your body looks and feels, even though you know you should love your body. You just can't understand how to make that a reality. In listening to this podcast, you've probably also started to realize that there is more to feeling good in your skin and loving your body than just dropping some weight. Whether you realize it or not, there are just as many women who don't struggle with their weight but do struggle with feeling good in their bodies. Let's face it, the relationship we have with our physical bodies 
and our well-being is complicated and filled with emotion. You might be sick of dieting, losing weight, gaining weight, and repeating that cycle, or you might be sick of feeling uncomfortable in your body and waiting for the, quote, perfect time to take charge of your health, a time that is never coming, because life is going to life, people. If you want to change your own life, the bottom line is you have to take responsibility for creating what you want. And that's why I want to invite you to get on the waitlist for Weight Loss From Within. This is a truly transformative six-week program that will teach you how to fall in love with your body without having to change a single thing about it. One recent client told me, weight loss from within is so much more than I expected it to be. Like most women, I used to search for the quick fix, diet plan, the easy button solution. No more because now I have a sustainable solution. Weight loss from within takes you through an emotional diet, helping rid you of the subconscious stories and beliefs that are the real things making you feel heavy. This is not a surface level fluffy program. You will be diving deep through guided prompts so that you can excavate what's holding you back and build your confidence, self-love, and healthy habits that support a new way of being. One that honors all of you, mind, body, and spirit. Doors for this program open on July 20th with an extra special opportunity for my waitlisters to win an opportunity to work with me one-to-one. So before you do anything else, head over to lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WFW waitlist. And I will see you when doors open on July 20th. Thank you.